Support the Very Serious Crafts podcast on Patreon for early access to episodes, shoutouts, bonus episodes, and more. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. Hang on to your hats. (laughs) (laughs) Or ponytails, um, glasses. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Keep your arms inside the vehicle. Um, The reason you need to hang on to your hats is because today we are going to be talking about the subject of depression and crafting, working with challenging yarn and handmade wardrobe progress. Can't wait! Yeah! (laughs) It's going to be super uplifting. Also, hopefully. Actually, I think it kind of might be. Informative. Yes. Reassuring. Reassuring, definitely. Uh, On the subject of uplifting wonderful things that that we're going to be discussing today uh about no over a year ago we uh aired the episode where Haley gave her amazing warnings about needing to moth proof your craft stash if you have things and (laughs) and it took me over a year to finally buy the moth traps but i would like to say i finally have the moth traps they are set up and um it's a good thing that I got them <laughs> because oh, I've no. already caught moths. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, not another moth thing. <laughs> it's, I, it's it does not seem like I have like a full on infestation in any way, but it's like it's just the season where you know they're hovering by the porch lights, and occasionally you'll see one flutter through the house, and there's always been this like, well, are they pantry moths? Are they cl- uh, clothing moths? It's yeah. b- most likely it's bo- both. I have both kinds of traps. Mm-hmm. I have caught both kinds of moths, but thank goodness that I have them. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I will catch a lone pantry moth and I'll be like, what are you even doing here? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> you, you should, you don't belong here. I think that the guinea pig hay is a draw um, mm-hmm. in one area of the house yeah, I have um, natural cat litter that I think does that too. Anyway, I'm I'm trapping the moths, and so thank you again for that reminder. If you have not heard that episode, please jump back to season one, episode three. Yes, and then you can relive my trauma. <laughs> um, speaking of, of trauma, well, I guess maybe not quite trauma. Um, this morning... And this is not craft-related at all. I just want to whine about it. (laughs) Um, This morning, I woke up from a dream wherein I was washing a pile of dishes that were not even mine. But, like, every individual dish, and I had been doing that for quite some time at the point when my husband woke me up. And I think that that is complete and utter nonsense. Like, really? Really subconscious? 
You thought you would have me washing dishes? It sounds like a really restful way to sleep. We couldn't go (laughs) flying over Brooklyn. No, no. (laughs) We we couldn't even have, like, a sociopath nightmare like I have all the time. That's at least not (laughs) useless. I mean, it's not enjoyable, but it's at least not, like, mundane chores. And it's nonsense. And I would like to lodge a complaint. Noted. Whatever department deals. With with nonsense. I think that's fair. (sighs) Yep, that's all. (laughs) Well, over here in Chicago, um, (laughs) last weekend was finally the bachelorette party for my friend where... um, Wearing caftans was required. <laughs> Ooh. So I spent uh, all day Saturday and well into the evening wearing my me made caftan. Um, Very nice. And uh, eating a bunch of delicious food with 20 other women. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the evening culminated in all of us still in our caftans um, singing karaoke Korean style. So, like a private room. It was really fun. Um, nice. And, uh, Shout out to Lincoln Karaoke, if anyone's in Chicago and wants to do that kind of karaoke, BTW. Um, but yeah, it was there was a lot of fabric involved with 20 caftans. There was just so much fabric yes. everywhere. And it was a very large group of people, so that was also really interesting. <laughs> but we had a good That's time. That's a lot of yards of fabric. It is. It is. Place. Yeah, mine was like five, five and a half yards, so multiply that by 20. Oof. It's a lot of fabric. Yeah. Yeah. That, is, that is a lot of fabric. <laughs> and mine That's wasn't funny. and mine wasn't the only handmade one, so that was cool too. That's excellent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine Very has nice. just been posting pictures of the caftan she plans on ordering. Um, but clearly she has not uh read your post on the pro- <laughs> how easy it was for you to make your own. Yeah, it was pretty easy. I was amazed. So yay! I am still pretty sure that I would just look like a box with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> My mine has the caftan I made has a waist. Um, and yeah, I, that's and, true. And I picked yeah. that pattern pretty intentionally for that. So yeah, yeah. Good unflattering plan. tent. <laughs> mm. I looked. I don't know. I looked cute. You did, you did look cute. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and that, that actually gives photo. me hope, as we've discussed, that yeah. I, I am a, a like ever so slightly mini version of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that does give um, me hope. Yeah. But I have to say, the the photo that you shared of the group. I mean, I know it was a group shot, and you're not looking at anyone too closely, but everyone looked cute. So part of it yeah, is the photo of fun. the caftan. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally and it was nice. really flattering on you. I mean, yeah. it looked great. Thanks. So. Yay. Huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, shall we jump in? Because I have, I have a, it's not like a nightmare dream, a nightmare bad dream, like washing dishes, but I do have a slight <laughs> nightmare situation. That I just made through. Um, do so. Tell. I recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was asked to, <laughs> I was asked to design a crocheted octopus, which um, sounds very random. Yes, exactly. 
Um, I definitely made sure to use the word cephalopod in my tutorial uh, banter, if you will, because it's so good. Um, anyway, uh, so for those who don't know, crocheted octopuses, octopi, are uh, used to comfort uh, preemies who can snuggle up next to them and hold on to the tentacles, and it is thought to be a re- like feel like a, an umbilical cord um which it's is also, so also i'll just jump in as the the aunt of a micro preemie um yes first birthday was really cute and that happened recently too but i digress um it's also <laughs> to give them something to pull on that's not all of their tubes yes yes uh, so they hold on to that and then less oh likely gosh, to octopuses yeah. that mimic innards <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, that's just hmm. how it is. But they're also super cute, so <laughs> I was okay with this. Um, anyway. Okay, fine. So, I was like, all right, well, I've never, I've never designed a crochet item like that before, but I'm willing to give it a try. So, I didn't feel like any of the yarn that I had was going to work for this, because I wanted something soft, but also really washable, obviously. So, I went and uh-huh. I chose something Super, super soft and washable, and I knew it was going to be a questionable choice, but I made it anyway. <laughs> and what I, what I got was a baby yarn that is like bulky weight, but like really, really fuzzy. And um, I'm not sure if I should even say the name of this yarn because I don't want to like make it seem like it was a bad thing. Like it was actually, it works out. It worked out really, really well. But also, it was a little bit mm-hmm. sketchy to crochet with. Anyway, um, was it Bernat blanket? <laughs> because I've used it. <laughs> it's um, it's it's Bernat pipsqueak, which is even fuzzier than the blanket. Oh, but it's so soft. That is like, very it's fuzzy. Really, it's like dreamy soft. Oh yeah, and nightmare crochet. <laughs> I made cat beds out of it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really. I mean. I want to snuggle up with this thing. It's in fact, my sister was sort of like giving me a look because I just was like holding it after I had finished it. And I was just like touching (laughs) it. And, and then I like threw it at her because that's what you do with a crocheted octopus. Obviously you throw it at your sister. And, um, (laughs) of course. And then all of a sudden she was doing the same thing. She was like, you do with sisters also. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She just, she couldn't stop like <laughs> touching it and petting it. And it was just really like, it's a really, really soft yarn. But um, anyway, the problem with the yarn is it's so fuzzy. Now we're fuzzy. going back to fondling crafts. Exactly. That's, it's just how it is. I'm sorry. It's, I, um, so because it's so fuzzy, you pretty much can't see the stitches. It's like, not at all. They're just invisible. Um even like when it's finished, the whole piece, you really can barely see any of the individual stitches, um, which is kind of a cool effect, I have to say. Um, but what I had, what I yeah. learned I had to do was I just had to feel where the stitches were. Um, and that was a little frustrating, but also I felt like it was a good experience to learn that as well, to to work by feel. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of worked yeah, out. Yeah, totally. That was... You know, that was actually, that was actually really good. Um, and then the other benefit was the fuzzy yarn. You, 
I, I'm sure that I made errors in this thing because you couldn't see where I couldn't see where the hook was. I'm sure there were times when I caught one loop instead of two and I just couldn't quite tell for sure. Um, but you can't tell when it's all finished. But it doesn't even matter. It doesn't, exactly. It's uh it's it's frustrating but also very forgiving in that way. So yeah. you know, and and actually the octopus was came out cute. I was really happy with it, so <clears throat> It all worked out well, in the awesome. end, but there was a point when I thought, what in the world? Why did I do this? <clears throat> I, I say that I and then I'm going to say, and the really, link is really cute. Yeah, it does look really cute. And I'm so like, I'm going to put the link to the finished uh, octopus pattern in the, in the show notes. Um, don't let any of my, mm-hmm. my yarn rant um dissuade you from trying this out though because <laughs> it's not that bad i didn't cry while i was making it <laughs> <laughs> always a good sign <laughs> yeah like project level won't make you cry that's that's yeah. on the yarn council <laughs> website isn't it <laughs> yeah totally. i feel like it should be <laughs> or at least on ravelry yeah i mean like, i think that's a valid. box Will yes. make you cry. Won't yeah, make you it does cry. seem more of a revelry thing. Yeah, I'll add that to the notes. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I think that would be very helpful. Uh, speaking of crafting, making you cry. Oh, God. <laughs> Shall we move on from <laughs> here? We go. Smiley face <laughs> octopi. That, <laughs> that is um, uh, a bit ominous for the topic that we're about to hit. Okay, so. This is Haley, just for anybody who has trouble not differentiating our voices. And um, I decided a few weeks ago that maybe we should talk about depression and crafting on the podcast. And it's especially relevant as I am currently being treated for depression and anxiety. And I'm a little nervous about talking about it on the podcast um, because it's a thing that I haven't really talked about publicly. I mean, everybody knows I'm a stress ball. Like, my anxiety is is no secret. It's part of your personal brand. (laughs) It it, it very much is part of my personal brand. I mean, Um, hard same. (laughs) I mean, as is being kind of cranky, but, um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, like, I haven't even, I haven't tweeted about this, I haven't posted about it on Facebook, like, only my close friends know, which includes Heidi and Molly, so we've been talking about whether we should and how to yeah. talk about this subject on yeah. the podcast, and, um... <clears throat> Just this last week, I saw yet another round of the headlines that have been popping up for, I don't know, the past five years or so about how great knitting is for depression and anxiety. And um, 
as one headline from The Independent in the UK reads, Knitting can reduce anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and slow dementia, research reveals. So there are all of these articles bouncing around the internet talking about how great crafting is for your mental health and also um, mental wellness and physical wellness. And so it sort of makes, started making me feel a little bit bad. Hmm. Like I'm a professional crafter and if crafting couldn't fix these problems for me, was I doing it wrong? And then I had, to, I had a moment where I stepped back and I was like, no, like, <laughs> this is utter nonsense. Yeah. Um, but I also think that in much the same way as looking at people's filtered lives on Instagram, mm. that reading these articles can make people who are currently having these feelings and are already doing these things Mm -hmm. feel a little bit, I don't know, feel a little bit weird, feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I guess I would like to say first that absolutely crafting can help with these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly find like knitting something that I don't have to pay attention to while binge watching something on Netflix to be like soothing and really nice. And there are lots of ways that that can take place. Like making lace really calms my mind Mm -hmm. um, and really reduces my anxiety. But I also just wanted to say that if you're reading all of those things and it's not enough, that you're not alone. And sometimes crafting can't fix your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. you're still depressed or anxious. Yeah. And that's okay. You're not doing it wrong. It's not I your mean, fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> even if you're doing all of the things that people tell you to do when you're feeling down. And like I personally, like I exercise, I eat right, I get up at the same time, I have like a structure to my life. I have all of these safeguards in place and right now it's not enough. And I've started medication because it's not, because my brain chemistry is just chemistry. It's just medical science. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like if you have high blood pressure, you take a medication to help with that if exercise and diet aren't enough. And brain chemistry shouldn't be any different. And sometimes we think of it as being very different and feel uncomfortable and feel ashamed when it's just chemistry. It's just hormones. Mm-hmm. Like, and if there are tools that you can use to make that okay, use those tools when you need them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I just... I just wanted to say that because I feel like that isn't being said enough when we talk about how great crafting can be for your mental health. Yeah. And I think that it's important for all three of us today and 
to be sharing our own stories about depression and anxiety as well as crafting. Um, because I think the fact that all three of us struggle with this, um, yeah, I think that that is important to acknowledge. I mean, I yeah, spoiler I, alert, all of us, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I too, I too have been like. I, I've completely put out of my mind for the last, like, two days that we were going to talk about this subject. <laughs> and I um, I think I've talked about my anxiety pom-pom that I smoosh and tear apart bit by bit as we record. <laughs> and that is um, fully, fully in effect at the moment. Um, <laughs> I've got my stress tardigrade. Yep. Her stress ball looks like a tardigrade. It's really cool. Um, but I'm deflecting right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. Which is, this is what I'm like in therapy, y'all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I deal usually with the anxiety side of the coin, but it is a coin that has two sides. Um, and so I have been dealing with, um, a little bit of depression in 2019 specifically. And at first I thought it was just, um, just grieving my grandma who passed, but then it just lingered and it just kept mm -hmm. consistently being there no matter how many projects I was sewing or whether or not I was seeing my therapist. It was just kind of sticking there. Um, and yeah. uh, I guess I got a little ahead of myself here because I'm nervous. <laughs> but like, I mean, my blog is called Hands Occupied. My whole brand is called Hands Occupied because knitting was how my I've talked about this in blog posts before but knitting was how my maternal grandma who's still with us but is 90 um mm -hmm. when I was eight and had really severe insomnia from anxiety um she tried journaling and that was a failure because I wanted my grammar to be perfect because I was anxious about someone reading oh, it boy I tried mm -hmm. that too yeah <laughs> and then my grandma Mary was like this girl's into crafts and she's always been interested in knitting and I would even like braid pieces of yarn together because I wanted to know how to knit and I thought a braid looked kind of like knitting even Aww, when I was I like that. five through eight <laughs> so she taught me to knit and um it took a little while to catch on but it has been such a massive coping mechanism crafts of all kinds but especially knitting has been such a massive comfort and coping yep. mechanism but to it's Haley's productive point fidgeting exactly it's the, it's the productivity for me that makes it work. Um, but to mm -hmm. Haley's point, it, it mm -hmm. hasn't fixed anything. I mean, I'm almost 32 and I still regularly deal with anxiety and then to a little bit of a lesser extent depression. Um, and it's, yeah, I guess that's my story. Sorry, I told that kind of out of order and weird. But like, all that to say is solidarity with everything Haley had to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that and that hand rest that I was on for my arthritis earlier this year, I think that that might actually be why the coin flipped oh. over to the depression side more because I didn't have my primary lifelong coping mechanism of knitting because I needed to rest my hands. So sure, and that's that how, makes and, and that's why I've been sewing so much because it's less hard on my hands. But you can't take sewing on a road trip or whatever very easily. So no, not machine sewing. Yeah, yeah, no. Anyway, so I'm doing I'm doing much better now. But it's been a yeah. tremendous help to have Haley and Molly to, like, openly talk to about this subject. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was one we of the hope things. that it helps you guys. Yeah. Also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that was one of the Listeners. things that I, um, <clears throat> that I was going to say is I feel like um, talking about the thing, I equate this with the train of shame. Mm -hmm. When you just talk about it 
and are open about it, it makes it at least a little bit easier because then you don't you don't carry it around with you like, oh, no one should ever know this about me because it shouldn't be something that you have shame mm-hmm. about. It should yeah. be, this is just exactly a fact. And um, so, yeah, talking about mm-hmm. it um, with you two um, has been very helpful for me. And I've tried, um, <clears throat> I've tried to be a little bit more open about it with people these days um, that I interact with on a regular basis. Um, if someone asks me how I'm doing, you know, there's always the people who the answer is I'm fine. Um, but if there's someone that I think they actually, they're actually, they do care how I'm doing, I will tell them, well, I'm not doing so great lately. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in kind of one of my cycles of depression and, and it is a cycle for me. I can tell that it's, it comes around, um, in, in waves where I will be fine mm-hmm. for a while. And then, okay, now I've, oh, oh, we're at month three of it right now. Um, and it, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, that I've also noticed in, um, the crafting sense of it is that, um, so I, one of the things that I'm most known for is crafting and drawing things that have cute little smiling faces on it. And so I think people mm-hmm. expect a lot of mm-hmm. happy <laughs> from what I do. <laughs> and there's been times when I've shared that right. I am having a hard time and I've, I've felt the resistance to it, that there are people who are like, um, but I, I want to hear happy things when I come to your blog. Yeah. And, um, and I totally get that. I know that that's, that's what I have that's really the world that I've created in a sense, but it's not a hundred percent what is really going on in my life. I still like having that part of my life, even when I'm dealing with some depression and I should just put in here. I've never been um, clinically diagnosed with depression. It's just pretty obvious that that's what I go through and I have ways of managing it. It's never gotten to a point Mm -hmm. where I've felt like, okay, I absolutely need to see someone, but Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been blessed in the sense that I do have people that I can interact with and they can kind of help me through it, um, before it reaches that point. But anyway, um, yeah, there's the, the pressure that can sometimes come with, but you're a crafter. This is supposed to be happy. Um, it doesn't necessarily help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and the, and the implication with all those stories that everybody likes to share on all of our, like that I've definitely shared those knitting stories talking about this like panacea that is knitting for your depression. Yeah. Right. And like, and when that's your, to, to Haley's point again, like when it's your whole life and making is your whole life, people assume that you're you know, on this happy train all the time because, wow, you get to yeah. do the thing that's going to not give you dementia all day. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, and, and it's not to say also, that it doesn't help. It it can. It's just yeah. not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Yep. No. And I'd also like to put in, um, like, I didn't mention how long I have, how long it took me to actually seek well, in this particular time, medication, mm-hmm. um, because medication, it, it was, for me, medication was clearly 
the answer because I'm not, nothing's wrong. I'm not processing trauma. I'm not processing grief. I like my spouse and I like my life. Mm -hmm. Like there's not, there's nothing overtly wrong. Yeah. But um, things haven't been okay for about a decade. And I didn't even realize how how long it had been since I had felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't, like, I realized that, like, saying that it's been a a decade since I felt good or excited or something like that seems, like, if you say that to somebody, they look at you like you have three heads. Mm -hmm. Like, how could you not do something about it? But, um, and I, I think what Molly just said reminded me a little bit of why I didn't do anything about it. Um, I didn't feel like it was an emergency. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't and am not and have never had the deepest depths of like what you think of when you think of depression. And like... I had decided that I that it didn't make sense to bring it up with my doctor because it wasn't an emergency and I felt like I should be able to deal with it because it wasn't an emergency. Because you weren't like laying in bed all day, every day for weeks on yeah. end and you were showering and doing your routine and meeting yeah. deadlines. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was still functional. I was still high functioning. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dropping the ball. And, but I realized that at some point I was going to, mm-hmm. and that maybe I didn't have to wait. And, you know, then I talked to my doctor and he was like, good Lord, why didn't you talk to me <laughs> <laughs> much, much sooner than this? Um, and so I just want to say that, like, it doesn't need to feel like the end of the world in mm-hmm. order for you to talk to someone or find a therapist or bring it up with your doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you don't need medication. Maybe you need like talk therapy or Mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy. Like there are so many different options. Mine happens to be specifically brain chemistry Mm -hmm. and like getting that sorted out is the priority right now, but it's just, it doesn't need to be an emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing, um, I have a lot of friends who um, deal with a variety of mental health problems because we're humans and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of friends who um, have no insurance at all or that if they have insurance, there's no way in heck it's going to cover their therapy copay mm-hmm. or whatever um, or therapy at all. Um, and so... a like, I think that's an important thing to acknowledge, too, is that, like, access yeah. to therapy in our healthcare system, as it stands in the United States, at least, it can be really challenging. And, yeah. um, but there are, like, uh, there are, at least in Chicago, some, like, groups that you can go to to talk things out that, and you can also, um, I encourage you to reach out to a friend or a partner, or if you yep. have a relationship yeah. with your folks, maybe someone that in your family, um, because, mon- like, if you really need help, 
things are expensive, but sometimes therapy or some kind of ability to talk it out can make a significant difference, even yeah. in just helping you feel more objective about it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Or I, not alone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I hear all the time about people who have um, a close group of friends or family that they are they're their their support group in a way and they um they have the kind of relationship where it's safe to have those discussions and obviously that's not the case for everyone um yeah you know you need to find what is going to work for you but um sometimes even if that's just the starting point having those conversations is really really helpful and like you said um like with your parents like my mom goes through a lot of the same kind of stuff that I do. I mean, I'm adopted. It's not a genetic thing. We just will often go through that. And I know that I can, she, first of all, can notice in me when it's happening. Um, and I can notice <laughs> it in her. And so there's, there's that, okay, just saying, Hey, I'm going through a hard time and this is what's happening. It, it just, at the very least, you can kind of breathe a little bit in that you go, all right, I'm sharing this and that's the first step. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I mean maybe, this... maybe if you have like a knitting buddy while you do it, then you kind of, you know, can incorporate the, the crafting <laughs> is good for your mental health. I don't know. I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I mean, I, as I've been working through this and I am, I am right now in the middle of, figuring out what is and what isn't going to work. And let me tell you, it's been an adventure. <laughs> but it, but I've been constantly texting with Heidi and Molly this whole time. Yeah. And it has made such a huge difference to be able to, like, acknowledge the small victories mm -hmm. and to say, oh, I'm having such trouble meeting this deadline because I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. And, yeah. like, to just have have people acknowledge the reality of what you're going through mm -hmm. is really helpful, but also acknowledging it yourself. Yeah. And yeah. like noticing that, that maybe knitting isn't enough mm -hmm. or maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, maybe not now. Yeah. Okay. So when you say small victories, do you have any examples mm -hmm. in mind? Oh, why, yes, I do. <laughs> um, so to, uh, to bring this sort of serious conversation up to our usual point of levity, <laughs> um, yesterday I had a thing happen that hasn't happened in at least a couple of years, um, which when I say that out loud... Sounds terrifying to me. Um, <laughs> but I got an idea that I just had to drop absolutely everything. Like, nope, out of all of the work I was supposed to do, texted Heidi and Molly and was like, hey, I can't actually look at podcast stuff right now because busy. <laughs> and, like, didn't answer any emails. And I designed an entire cross-stitch sampler in a few hours because I didn't I was so excited that's awesome yeah and I haven't felt that in so long and um it was 
like a ridiculous piece of fan art inspired by the book Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I think that's how her last name is said. McQuiston. McQuiston, yes. Um, and she is a really great writer, and the book was so engaging and so wonderful that it just made me feel like I needed to make some some art, some fan art. And yeah. fan art is a really great place to start when you're when you're just trying to dig yourself out of a hole of of nothing feeling fun, mm-hmm. nothing feeling good. Yeah. And uh, so so it was really great. And I will probably, um, assuming I get the author's blessing, release the pattern at some point. Cool. Um, but I should also note that um, this the book that I'm talking about is a romance, and it's great. But it also includes dudes and doing it. And if your romances of choice don't generally include such things, this is a heads up that maybe the book isn't for you. <laughs> Noted. I thought it was Noted. great. But, and it is a Times bestseller, so apparently I'm not alone. Apparently. Um, but anyway, fair warning. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. I didn't want people to run out and buy it and then be like, what is this? Oh, my. Ooh. Oh, my. Clutches my pearls. Sensibilities. Clutches pearls. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's fair. We just, anyway. you know, to each his or her own, and that's fine. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> So, I guess, on a different topic than dudes and doing it, I think that was the, <laughs> what you said, Haley. <laughs> um, but also alliteration. Um, so, today, yeah. as we record, <laughs> it is just about the end of Me Made May, even though this is coming out. Because if you listen to this podcast for more than five minutes, you'll know that we record several weeks out. Um, anyway. True. In fact. Four, yeah. in fact. Wait, really? Yeah, oh, four. gosh. Yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> but, You're right. It's a month. Logistics. Logistics. Oh, boy. So, since there's a, there's currently, as of this recording, less than a week left in Me Made May, um, I thought I would give y'all a little update on what I have done, because I've been really productive um, as I stitch my way out of some of my own depression from this spring. It's not gone yet. Hooray. It's a sticky little bugger, but um, vastly improved. <laughs> Great. Um, so over the last two weekends, um, I ended up knitting a worsted weight short sleeve cardigan sweater start to finish. That was not at all part of my plans initially going into <laughs> May, May. Um, but it was a quick pattern and I had an inspiration to make another sweater so I did. Um, it's currently blocking, and I just need to add some buttons. So I'm pretty excited. Yay! Um, I I love it, that yeah. Heidi's just like yeah. So I just I just decided to make a sweater, and it's done now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my hands hurt a lot, and it probably wasn't the smartest plan. But I, I don't and know. yet <laughs> I've just got this garment making bug, and that fit right in there. And it's not a mm-hmm. moth, not a moth. 
because um, <laughs> that, that would be very counterproductive to making garments. <laughs> anyway, huh. um, and then earlier this month, I wrapped up my vintage sweater that I um, made after my vintage knitting retreat that I've talked about. Um, and that's yellow, and it's got puff sleeves, and it's beautiful, and I love it, and it's all lacy, so that one will be really fun to wear this summer. And then I'm excited to see it. The only problem was shoehorning in a sweater <laughs> into Me Made May on top Two of... Two sweaters. <laughs> well, I had started the one before May, but yeah. I guess right. you're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this month, I haven't gotten all that much sewing done. Um, I've had travel almost every weekend, and there's been some HVAC drama in my studio, making my studio really warm most of the time. And yeah. um, mm. my sewing machine's over there, so just logistically knitting ended up fitting my schedule more but i have cut out um the matilde blouse from tilly and the buttons um and so hopefully i can whip that up maybe tonight at craft night in my studio or in the coming evenings and then um i've also cut out the 1940s boardwalk duet by decades of style it's like a two-piece yeah it's like it's like a little like it's like a tall bralette thing that buttons at the back um, but it's still pretty full coverage, so I'm not worried about, like, back rolls. Um, mm. <laughs> and then um, there's a pair of matching shorts that are really cute, too, that are a little more full coverage. Because um, I'd rather have shorts at the beach so I can just be comfortable and lay about. So, anyway, I've been ambitious but also productive this month, which is exciting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I do love that 40s set. It is so cute. And I've wanted to make it for a while. Yeah, it's like a 2011 pattern, I think, from Decades of Style Pattern Company. And it's real cute. And I think it'll be a fun challenge. And also, it might be like, if I really enjoy the process of piecing together and lining the bralette, that might even Mm -hmm. be like, encouragement or confidence building for me to actually make like, like little bralettes to just wear as sure, under, as probably. underwear yeah um talking about underwear very normal topic always on a craft podcast well, you i know, mean boobs it, and underwear it's it's <laughs> funny that you say that because as you were talking about the caftan earlier i was thinking what does one wear under a caftan underwear that's what i wore <laughs> i was just I felt like like it's like what does one wear under a kilt like yeah. no <laughs> i know the answer to that yeah. no i i was more thinking like um like is it just like is it very is it cold and and breezy is the the thing that i was thinking like do you like I don't know i always i'm i'm such a layering kind of person that i was thinking to be a summer garment yeah it's, i it's know meant to be worn when it's just really hot yeah. I think most okay. people just wear it as a swimsuit cover-up. Yeah. Um, and there were definitely a couple girls at the Bachelorette who were like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not wearing a bra today. Enough of that okay. nonsense. All right. Well, it's a lot of fabric. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a lot of yeah. fabric. And it was right. plenty warm. But okay. Yeah. Anyway, See, this was, I now was we just talked I... about depression and underwear. <laughs> I, think, I think our work here is done. I, it's <laughs> a good combination. I think we have checked all the boxes. <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, people find this relatable and encouraging. And if they want to email us, I'm open to emailing back if you guys are. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you want to tell us your stories, I mean, if you want us to share your stories, great. If you just want to tell us, great. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, we won't say anything without anyone's permission. But do feel free to share your own struggles if 
if you'd like to use us as the people you tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we talk Good about plan. depression to each other all the time. So <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Our group text is equal parts hilarious and serious. <laughs> yeah. It's and like, often both. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like crazy memes and gifs and then like you guys, I'm just gonna sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> it's it all works <laughs> yeah, together. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, those sorts tend to get, like, cute cat gifts. Yes. In response. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all, it's all, we're a supportive community. And we actually are very good friends outside of the podcast, which helps. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) In case you hadn't noticed this otherwise. (laughs) Well, I mean, not all podcasters are, actually. Right. So. True. But we are. We are. (laughs) We We love each other. (laughs) We are not a fraud. The friendship is real. Did you say we are not a frog? Fraud. (laughs) Fraud. (laughs) Except for for when we have to rip out our knitting and crochet, then we are frogs. Rip it. Well, yeah, that that was... I I knew there was a joke there. But I really did think you said frog. And I really (laughs) like frogs. Yay. Anyway. (laughs) That's how we're ending this podcast. I really like frogs. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. Here we oh go. <laughs> if you are a person who likes to hang out on the internet, uh, and if you like frogs, you should hang out with us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using hashtag VerySeriousCrafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at SeriousCrafts so we can reshare your stories. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? We know you are. Pretty please leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Uh, finally, if you would like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click Sponsor. And you can now find us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. Thanks, friends. Yay!